it might be time for me to read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance again. And by read, what I really mean is listen to. I have a an audiobook version that was put out several years ago. And there's a companion volume as well. Um, uh, I forget what it was. Now in Zen, I think it's called. Which is a, another writer who's who's taking the same journey and journaling along his journey of his reflections on the original book. Something like that. It's been a while since I've read that one. I, I, I tend to reread... Zen. I, the first time I read Zen, the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, I I did read the book, and I have the book, and I've read it. I've read it a couple of times. It's one of the few books that I've read more than once, and the audio book I've definitely listened to more than once. And if you're not familiar with the book, I don't know if I can really explain it entirely, but it is a philosophy book, which is couched in terms of a motorcycle journey that a man takes with his son and a couple of his friends across the country. Um, I think from, you know, the funny thing is I've read the book several times and still other things I forget, but I believe it was from Montana. No, I think it was further east than that, uh, through Montana and then down to California or over to California, I should say. Probably a sign I should read the book again, but honestly, the destinations were never that important to me. Like, like, there are certain details where I'm I'm not interested in really remembering. The Montana one has a particular thing that stands out in my mind, I guess. But the book is is a philosophical journey that is semi autobiographical. It is I, I think it's 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 a fictionalized biography, but not in an extreme way. Um, I don't think that the author thought those thoughts at each particular space, but. He's definitely thought those thoughts and applied it to a journey that was familiar to him. It's a remarkable book. Um, the, the, the philosophy that is being explored is, is the, the meaning of value, um, essentially, is the, the, core, the core thing. There's a whole examination of where values come from, um, how values can sometimes be incompatible between people, and, and more. The fact that I'm faltering on details again is probably an indication that I need to reread that. But it's it's not as much for the information that I need to reread it, although that is very valuable. It's for the – how would I describe it? It's it's like smoothing out the cloth of my mind. It's It's setting a bookcase in order. It's cleaning a room. These aren't tasks that are done – for any any real purpose, in a way. Um, the rooms might have been entirely functional, for example, while still being a mess. I have many messy rooms which are still functional. Um, although that also argues I should clean those up too. The smoothing of fabric in particular is kind of pointless. It, it doesn't actually add anything. Uh, in in most assessments of it. But the side effect of that smooth fabric is a sense of order. It is a sense of, of removal of complicating details. Uh, it is a sense of simplicity, of getting back to basics, of, of taking control in some ways of the situation, which 
manifests in negative ways too. Of course, uh, humanity is is well established at wanting to control nature in every aspect, and gone too far, that can certainly lead to terrible consequences. But in this case, it feels I feel that familiar sense, which it took me a while to recognize. But that sort of familiar sense of a wrinkled sheet of the mind where I find myself frustrated, but I can't articulate it as well. Or I find myself uh, exhausted and unable to find ways to recuperate my energy. I find myself frustrated and um, not able to, to, to set it aside. I can feel uh, today was a very frustrating day for me. It just it it hit too many <laughs> too many things seemed to hit at once and that frustration boiled over, which is not something I I'm proud of or or it's something I try to keep in control because I can see where it turns to mindlessness. And later as I was reflecting on this and on other things, I could feel a little bit of that distance remaining. That comfortable distance which means that I'm moving back into my my rational mind, which is where I spend most of my time. Um, but there is something of the side effect of reading this book, the journey that's within it, the narrative style that's used, which is, in some ways, I feel like all philosophy books should be written with the narrative style. I think it was more approachable because it was done that way even though they get in, he gets into heady concepts, even though there's a fair amount that's taught through it. The person who wrote the book and is the subject of the book, you might say, or the protagonist, actually, um, is a philosophy professor. And there is some of him remembering being a philosophy professor in the book as well, which is, I don't, I, I don't want to spoil it, but honestly, it's, it's quite an old book. Because it deals with the character who went through a mental decline, who completely dissociated and uh, was given shock treatment, in fact, to try to resolve this incredible internal conflict. And that had the effect of resetting uh, and kind of separating the mind, if you will, into sort of the per, the pre and post person um and the the notion of that that former person that they used to be is a sort of ghost figure in fact almost literally described as a ghost but not not a ghost that appears but described as a a, a mental ghost uh, appears to the character and threatens to to overwhelm it's sort of a, a, a threatened to return to the old ways. He also wrote a second book. This is Robert Piercig. He wrote a second book, which is called Lila, which there is no audiobook as far as I know. And I've read it. I have a physical copy of the book. It probably, sh I should probably should reread that one as well. But I, I my impressions, the, the, the memory I have of Lila is much lower. And Lila is, Weirdly meta autobiographical because it does deal with the post time after publication of the original book, 
and the attempt to kind of organize thoughts at that point. I remember a card catalog of thoughts, um, which I believe the character used. Again, I don't know if the character and the author are as closely linked. Um, and I, I don't remember much else about the book. I, I, it, it weirdly has a little bit more of a distasteful rather than a restful feeling in my mind. Again, I should reread these books. Um, I am struggling to find consistent reading time, which is again, <laughs> again and again and again. It is where I find audiobooks to be so, um, so much easier to engage. I, I'm in the middle of an audiobook, a cozy mystery haunted story. Uh, set in a library. So it's a, it's a, it is a comfortable cup of coffee, cup of coffee on a, on a warm, but not too warm day sitting by a window, um, watching the birds play outside. Like it, it is a very relaxing book. Um, even though there is some stress for the main character. And I wanted to indulge myself in a book like that. I haven't, I, I've gotten, I've listened to a few cozy mysteries. This was a different series by a different author I hadn't listened to before. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of enjoying it. But I, my point being, it's difficult to juggle more than one audiobook at a time. It's not as difficult to juggle more than one physical book at a time. I always have more than one going. Two primarily at the moment, Foundation and Empire. No, Second Foundation. Sorry, I've already finished Foundation and Empire. Second Foundation and um, Necroscope uh, are my two primary physical books. I did try to start a Stephen King book of short stories. I didn't realize it was a book of short stories. I have started it, but I haven't really found the, the space to to dig into that. Then there's issues of OnSpec I should really get to. I haven't read a full issue of OnSpec in years. But I have them all. <laughs> um. But there, there is something in me which needs to feel, needs to to find that smooth cloth again. That needs to find my center. I was also thinking that part of the problem is I really haven't had a chance to 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 relax entirely. Um, I've been working a lot of seven hour, seven day weeks <laughs> lately, uh. And canceling other plans, uh, the regular plans, which themselves have some stress associated with them um, in terms of getting prepared to, to run a game, for example. Um, so, but in a certain, so in a certain way, the work that I'm doing in these extra days, because I know the purpose and point of it all, I know the, the things that need to be done. There is a certain relaxation I get, even from it being heavy physical exercise. Anyway, um, see, uh, or, so I, I, I kind of need to take a vacation, but that made me question whether I know what a vacation really is. I'm not very good at taking vacation. Um, I tend to bleed off vacation days by taking days off, uh, like one day, uh, Fridays off in November and December is one of the schemes I've used in the past. I did Fridays off and in that way last year and then did a few extra days of holiday uh, during which I was baking up a storm, <laughs> trying out different cookie recipes and trying to learn more to cook. So someone commented, you're, you're the kind of person who wants, wants to stay busy all the time. And it's, it's not entirely not true. I don't think of myself as wanting to be busy all the time. 
I think of myself as wanting to have the choice to be busy with things all the time. That, I think it's a better way to put it. But I've been trying to figure out if I'm going to have a, a vacation this year or some sort of physical destination to to move myself out of my continual workspace uh, and turn your old headspace, really, too. But so far, nothing has really manifested. And honestly, I can't really afford a vacation. So it, it makes the choices easier when you can't do it. I I mean, I need... I, I know the concept of staycation exists. Staycation to me is almost impossible because if I'm at home, I will see all the things that need to get done at home. And that's what I will end up focusing on and not getting any rest or relaxation whatsoever. Anyway. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't realize I needed to re-listen to that book until I started talking. And now I realize I definitely do. Hmm. I've been wondering out loud. I'm Mark the Encaffeinated One. I'm just an average guy, you know. <laughs> I quote from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which I did recently re-listen to, actually. Just some guy, you know. Um, yeah. With a life. <laughs> I wonder sometimes how how simple it seems for everyone else most of the time. And how sometimes it seems remarkably simple for me and other times astoundingly complex. In any case, I'm trying to get to bed a little bit earlier, although it's just past midnight. As I count down the days to when the time changes and I lose an hour and every day starts to get a bit harder again. In any case, some constants remain. And it seems that one of them is that I will... Sit down again tomorrow, and I'll talk to you then.